Welcome to another edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. It is Wednesday. It is March the 18th, 2020. A new day. And a new day in politics. I want to congratulate Joe Biden on his clean sweep of the Democratic primaries last night, winning in Arizona, in Florida, and in Illinois. Ohio was not up as one of the primaries because the governor wisely, Mike DeWine, the Republican, wisely said no to holding elections with a coronavirus running around. Quite frankly, I don't understand why the remaining three states from last night decided to have their primary. They should have just postponed them. It would have been in the interests of health and safety and to have those primaries run at all would be and was asinine, and they really should not have done that. Arizona had already had a county, Maricopa County, which is the most populous county in the state, close 80 of its voting precincts. So the question becomes, why on earth did Arizona keep the rest of the state's precincts open to begin with? Maricopa County is a county where lots of Latinas and Latinos live. Latinx community is very much a part of that Maricopa County. And yet 80 precincts in the county were closed, citing concerns about coronavirus. Well, the coronavirus does not just hover around Maricopa County, does it? Surely, the esteemable people who made the decision in the county to close 80-80 voting precincts could have recommended to the Secretary of State, who, by the way, is a Democrat, that she should close down the primary altogether in the whole state. Believe me, I am of the mind that that primary being closed in some places in terms of the amount of precincts being closed helped Joe Biden. I don't think there was any question about that. Look, I can post-mortem this all I choose. I can talk about the DNC allowing Michael Bloomberg to get in, even though the rules were not going to help him. The DNC turned its back on its own rules and said, come on in, Mike, your billions of dollars are welcome. I can choose to make comments about the corporate news media and how it had a huge effect on many voters while it continue, as it continued its campaign against Bernie Sanders. 
the kinds of scurrilous comments that Chris Matthews made, the kinds of comments that Nicole Wallace made and James Carville made and Claire McCaskill made. I can go down the whole list. Ad infinitum. The comments that Jason Johnson made, not on the network, but on another network, a radio show that got him not only benched, but I think fired from MSNBC. Certainly he has not been back since. The comments made by people like Lawrence O'Donnell, by Brian Williams. I can just go through that whole network. Joy Reid. I mean, that whole network was anti-Bernie Sanders and did not say a wrong thing about Joe Biden, at least not these last couple of months. Now, they were saying a lot of critical things about him and raising critical questions about him as recently as November of last year. But all of that changed after South Carolina because I could talk about the turning point, which was South Carolina, essentially. I could talk about the non-stop media train that went in favor of Joe Biden. I could talk about the consolidation of moderate or blue dog Democrats around Joe Biden. I could talk about Super Tuesday. I could talk about the fact that California, which had been called by the Associated Press within seconds, literally after the polls had closed, had been called by AP for Bernie Sanders. I can talk about how the corporate news media completely sidelined and ignored that win, that projection from the AP at 11 o'clock Eastern time, which would have, had it been shown, even at that late hour on the East Coast, would have made a dent in the perception of some of the voters or viewers watching. Instead, the corporate news media declared that it was too early to call in California between Bernie and Joe. I could talk about that. I could talk about a lot of other things. I really could talk about Mike Bloomberg, who came in not as a candidate who was built on winning, but on as a candidate who was built on stopping Bernie Sanders from winning. There are lots of things I could talk about, including Bernie Sanders' campaign, which I think had some problems had some problems in terms of its outreach to older voters, regional voters, and still to a lot of segments of the black voters who were out there. And to some degree, turning the youth out to vote. They had no problems getting black youth but they also had issues trying to get youth of any race to come to the polls. While they did not make a conservative effort, in my view, to get the older voter or 
the black voter. So I could talk about this. I could talk about Bernie Sanders being stubborn and his inside circle, his inner circle, being relentlessly white and male. And I know that Fai Shakir is the campaign manager, but Fai Shakir is not the person who runs everyday brain trust meetings. He is not the soul of that campaign in terms of the decision making. That is coming from people like Warren Runnels and people like Jeff Weaver, who is still around after his first rodeo with Bernie. To my knowledge, they were not, to the best of my knowledge, they were not any kind of black strategist being hired by Bernie's campaign. They were certainly black surrogates that you saw, but behind the scenes in the cold light of day, you did not see any black consultants or black brain trust who were advising Bernie. You just didn't see that. So there are things that I could go on about. One thing I can talk about is South Carolina closing over 130 of its machines is precincts without notice to voters. I could talk about Texas closing hundreds and hundreds of precincts, resulting in voter suppression, obviously. Republicans control both of those states. I could talk about a whole lot of other things too. I really could. One thing I will say is that this... Democratic primary was a fear election, an election based on fear. And I talked about fear on Tuesday's edition of The Politocrat and how fear is a powerful thing and what we must do to manage our fears and embrace them to a degree, but also try to conquer them while acknowledging them. I think that this was a fear election because by far, if you looked at the two candidates on the Democratic side, their records couldn't be more opposite. Their records and their histories could not be more opposite. One was a fighter for people who are on the margins in the working class and the middle class. The other was someone who put his best face forward for Wall Street and the fossil fuel industry and big corporations. There could not have been a starker choice. Voters in one of the states, I forget which, whether it was Florida, I think perhaps, or Illinois, it may have been Florida, in an exit poll, and I don't really give them too much credence, but an exit poll is pretty darn accurate, I would guess but at least or close to 70%, 7-0, if not more percent of those polled in Florida said that they loved Medicare for all. They would love the idea of that. They agree with it. But they didn't vote for Bernie Sanders. They voted for Joe Biden. And Bernie Sanders himself 
talked about this on the campaign trail and in speaking to his supporters that he would get to meet people face to face and say, yes, I agree with your policies, Bernie. You're right on the money. I agree 100%. We need all these things. But I'm sorry, I, I, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden. And Bernie would always say in these spots, well, you know, I couldn't, can't say that is something I agree with. I profoundly disagree, he would say. But that is the truth. And we're seeing it more and more, which is why I think that despite all the reasons I've given you as to why um, this has happened and why it may have and should have been avoided in some of these instances, but realistically couldn't have been avoided when the establishment chooses to flex his muscles, is that I think now Bernie must consider his position. I really do think that Bernie Sanders should really consider the efficacy, the efficacy of continuing on in this race. Joe Biden, and I don't know if the delegates have been included yet, but I've been looking at the AP delegates, the Associated Press, the official one, the official, the official delegate tracker, one of the official ones, the official one. It's the same AP that called California for Bernie the moment it closed. That got very little attention, by the way, in the corporate news media. But what I think is that the AP should start to call uh, make these bolder steps and call out people who would seek to insult the viewer or the voter or both. And I thought that there was a lot of condescension and a lot of contempt that the DNC, Democratic National Committee, held for some of its Democratic voters, its own voting bloc. And this is something that has happened for many years in the party that they have largely taken a lot of Democratic voters for granted, especially black people, and also have shown contempt for the working class for at least 40 years now, starting with the dawn of Reagan in the early 80s. It's been a very difficult evening um, for those last night who felt that the night was theirs, um, or at one point it felt that the night was theirs. And I mean at one point being about six weeks ago now. Because everything has changed. And this is a fear election because people knew that Bernie was the better candidate, not just on paper, but in his voting record, in his actual life, in his activist tradition. In his consistency. Yet they still. Still. Voted for Joe Biden. Very interesting because. I don't know why. Because it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Very interesting indeed. I don't know what Bernie Sanders will do, 
later today. I don't know what he will do on Thursday. I know he has made it very clear that he's interested in getting something done with the Senate, with his colleagues, dealing with relief from this virus. It's just a heavy lift for Bernie Sanders. Let's just be honest. And I'm a Bernie Sanders supporter. There are so many things, and maybe I'll explore some of them in the coming days. But the fact of the matter is, is that Bernie was... facing an uphill battle. The Politocrat is brought to you by the great people at Anchor. Anchor is such a great place to go if you want to get started in podcasting. And it's easy and it's free. Anchor, marvelous stuff, marvelous. And I'm so grateful to the folks at Anchor for getting me going with the Politocrat. If you want to get going and be heard on Apple, on Spotify, and everywhere podcasts can be, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Once again... Bernie Sanders will have to consider his position. Joe Biden is, now again, the delegate count, I'm not 100% sure of, I've looked at the APs, but before these delegates were allocated, or maybe with them allocated, it was very, very clear, Joe Biden is very close, if not over the 1,200 delegate mark. To become the nominee of the Democratic Party, you have to get to 1991. You don't have to be a huge mathematician to know that Joe Biden is less than 800 delegates away. All the delegates on the superdelegates on the second ballot would have to do is just throw their delegates to Biden and that would be it. I really will just have to leave things at that. I mean, it was otherwise a good night for progressives, at least in Illinois, at least one of them Maureen Newman made Tuesday night a very good night with a stunning win over the incumbent the incumbent conservative Democrat who really is a Republican in my view, Dan Lipinski, who is anti abortion, pro death penalty, and all kinds of things. He's quite a terror, let me tell you. And nothing brought me more joy last night than seeing in politics, than seeing Marie Newman winning that 
that race in Illinois' 3rd District. Congratulations to Marie Newman. Big congratulations also to Kim Fox, who is on her way to winning her second four-year term as Cook County State's attorney. Now, she faced a lot of heat around Jesse Smollett, you may remember. And in spite of all of that, she persevered and ended up winning her primary last night. So congratulations to both Marie Newman and Kim Fox. And it was a good night for It was a good night, and it was a good night for her specifically. Uh, Bernie Sanders had backed Marie, Marie Newman, and will, win, or, win or lose, I think that Bernie Sanders and his supporters can be proud of the effort, of the volunteering, of the passion, of the broad-based movement that Bernie built along with our help I mean, look, I can say I'm a Bernie Sanders supporter. Um, it was great fun canvassing. I am ready to say now that we have to get behind Joe Biden. And I know that there are going to be some Bernie Sanders supporters who may not like the sound of that. And maybe it will take some of those Bernie supporters quite a few weeks to get to where I'm already at, quite frankly, right now, because this is not just some ordinary general election coming up in the next, what, seven months and change. This is about literally the difference between heading into Nazi Germany on steroids and bringing ourselves a little bit back to respectability because believe me, Biden is an incrementalist and he is going to slowly walk back from the edge of the cliff. Whereas Bernie Sanders would be either running back from the cliff or jumping way over it or something with a parachute or something, I don't know. It's going to be difficult. And I think that Joe Biden has some responsibility to try to unify. And he's begun to do that even in the last couple of weeks. But it is not all Joe Biden and it's not all his response, his supporters' responsibilities either. Bernie Sanders supporters at large are going to also have to look at this. But certainly Joe Biden does have the responsibility to reach out to Bernie supporters. And I think that Joe Biden supporters also have a certain level of responsibility to do that. Now, they may or they may not. Twitter does a lot of things. There are trolls and bots on all sides of these equations. And then there are also a cross-section of people who are assholes 
who are not bots or trolls on all sides of the equations. And then there are other people who are not assholes or trolls or bots who are on both sides, who just want the debate and who want to explore the ideas. But the cold, harsh reality is, is that Bernie Sanders really realistically now does not have that path. Reverend Jesse Jackson was a really good endorsement, but it did not move the needle on Illinois, nor did it move the needle on any of those six states that Bernie was contesting last week. So it didn't work. The debate performance that Bernie had that was outstanding on Sunday did not move the needle. So I think that that should leave you with all the information that you require. I just want to say thank you for listening to this edition of The Politocrat and hopefully pondering some of it and weighing some of it and asking yourself whomever you are supporting if you are here in the United States or even abroad, whomever you choose to support going forward and hopefully it is Joe Biden because obviously now I think it's beyond doubt that he is going to be the nominee for the Democratic for the Democratic Party. I think it's time now to start looking forward to a campaign being waged against the worst so-called president that America has arguably ever had since the 1800s, if not before. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Enjoy your Wednesday. I'm Omar Moore. I can be found on Twitter at the popcorn, R-E-E-L. I'm the politocrat. Have a good rest of your day.